I feel like dreams or our sleep is like a very light version of a psychedelic trip, right? Every night we go to sleep and we do have hallucinations, right? We see things that are not there. We experience things that are not physically real. It's all in our mind and in our body. We might feel dramatic feelings, terror, grief, horniness, pain. We might wake up and in shivers, sweat it through and nothing happened. It was all these hallucinations that we call dreams. And it's interesting because we wake up And we don't want to deal with what we just went through. To most degrees, it's almost like somebody that goes and does a psychedelic trip and goes to really crazy places and maybe has some very intense experiences. And the moment they come out of the experience, they're like, let's take a quadruple shot espresso and let me start working on my emails. And so wait, maybe you want to like talk about what you just went through. You took a huge amount of a psychedelic substance. You were crying, you were screaming. You want to not process this, write this down, maybe talk about it, think about it a little bit. No, no, whatever. It was what it was. I experienced it, but now I need to like go on with real life. I'm awake now and to go. We would think that's problematic behavior, right? That might not be good for that person to be running that fast away from such a profound experience. But that's what we do every morning. The moment we open our eyes, we're running away from what just happened. Of course, in one way, dreams are typically not as bombastic and as intense as the roller coaster ride of a psychedelic experience. They're much tamer, much smaller, gentler versions. They can be sometimes, but oftentimes they might not be as intense. But every time we go to dream and to sleep, in our dreams, the collective subconscious conscious, our subconscious, God, whatever you want to believe, we are entering a different world, a world that includes metaphors and symbols, a world where we are experiencing or processing experiences or learning things or trying to figure out a different way to get an answer or receiving a different kind of answer. And we pretend that it's almost useless. It's like we wake up and we're like, whatever it is, I don't care. Let's keep going. I had a weird dream is probably one of the most spoken things about dreams. Anytime anybody ever says, something about dreams, most of the time you'll hear somebody say, I had a weird dream, right? It's very rare that you hear somebody go, last night in my dream, I found an answer. Last night in my dream, I received a question I need to ponder. Last night in my dream, I went very close to accessing a pain or something that's going on, but I can't quite figure it out. I still have to go pregnant with what happened in the dream. You don't hear that. People don't talk about their dreams as like this friend that comes, this wise family member that visits you with, that has gifts to share in insights, help, experiences that are important. We talk about our dreams as these like weird, unexplained stuff happens and you can just usually wrap it up and throw it in the bin when you wake up in the morning and then just go on with your day. It's like a fax machine while you're sleeping, you're receiving fax messages. It's printing out a bunch of pages and you wake up and you don't even really look. You just crumble all of it, throw it in the bin and go to the shower to start your day. Who's faxing you, right? Maybe it's important. Well, I don't believe that it's God or aliens or the collective subconscious. I just believe it's my subconscious. Your subconscious is 90% of your computational mind power. Wouldn't you think that if your supercomputer was printing out data and analysis that you want to look at it and just go to your tiny handheld phone to do the math? You're like, yeah, but I, the problem is I don't understand it easily. Like when I look at it, it doesn't complicate it. It seems weird to me. So I just throw it away. Well, wouldn't you want to learn how to process that data? Maybe it's complicated, but it doesn't mean it's impossible. How much time did you spend trying to learn how to process that data that you're receiving as faxes every morning? Like none, just none. Every morning, 10 pages faxed with data and important information analysis. I just throw it away. And then I go, why am I so tired? Why can't I find the answers to my problems? 
problems. Should I fly to Peru and take ayahuasca and take three months off work? Should I travel to India? How about you look at those 10 pages that every morning were faxed and printed out through your body and mind and soul, right? Maybe there's something really profound in there. I think most people might not even say that, oh, this is 10 pages of super important information that is just difficult to decode. They're like random brain electric signals and the brain cooks <laughs> up. Uh, you know? yeah, yeah. Some white noise. All this is, is yep. like a bunch of white noise printed yep. out. We know for a fact, no matter what model you believe in, we know for a fact, just purely scientific, that sleeping and dreams are incredibly important brain functions, body functions. One of the most important things that happen to regenerate, repair, and process the trillions of pieces of data and experiences that go through a whole day of living. That's why we have to collapse into sleeping because we have to process all that fucking living and all that data. In our dreams, our subconscious is processing and also messaging and communicating back to the conscious. And when we wake up, the first hour of waking up and being awake is a huge window of opportunity for us to start internalizing all that processing. If you just take that first hour of the day and you sit down, you make yourself a tea, no laptop, no phone, no TV, no instantly going to the gym, no music. You just sit there and you take like the first hour in silence, right? Maybe you go on a walk or something. You will start getting emotions, feelings, thoughts, and insights that will be very much of the receiving sort. Like all of a sudden you're like, I need to do this about my dad or shit, I need to figure this and this out or God damn it, I'm really depressed lately. Like I haven't noticed it, but I feel like shit. Like I'm not in a good place. Something has to change. You'll be able to now take all that magic that was happening while you were asleep and unfold it in something that in the wake state of your life, you can now use and utilize and understand. And so that's we're talking one of about the things how I'm... I love about like the morning pages, which for me is like the ideal way of doing that. You just start writing even if you don't know what you want to write. So you wake up in the morning, you do the 10 minutes of writing. Or what morning, do you do? I do morning pages. So right now I'm like 23 minutes of off just writing on paper and whatever comes to mind. And oftentimes it's stuff like, oh, I don't even know what to write right now. I already wrote about this yesterday, da, da, da. but then sometimes things come, right? That's the interesting point. Yeah. That first hour of being awake is really powerful and magical. So staying in bed for extra 10 minutes and doing a body scan can be really powerful. Sometimes you just go through, how do my toes feel? How does my feet feel? How does my knees feel? Like you just go through different body parts, take deep breaths, and just check in. How does my body feel? And oftentimes for me, even before I get to the end, there's some sort of, oh, my neck is super tense. And then it's like, I'm really stressed about X. And then I'm like, today I need to do this. And then I can get rid of this. Like already my mind then goes to places, but it's like a super simple thing. A couple of minutes of not jumping out of bed immediately, just staying there a little longer before you get up. Then getting up, I don't do the morning page. I also stop doing the 10 minutes of writing. Unfortunately, I want to get back to it. But what I do every morning is that I do write down my dreams when I remember them, which is, I would say, maybe four days out of the week, I'll remember my dreams and write them down. And then usually I write down how I feel. It's the sort of thing that oftentimes starts very uneventful. Like it's just, I don't know, I'm tired or I don't know, a little stressed or a little this, a little that. And then sometimes it doesn't lead to anything. And sometimes it starts then I'm like, because then I start writing a lot more. Maybe I do 10 minutes of writing all in like, 
like dream and feelings and whatever. But that alone is like really significant, like really important. The thing that I'm not yet good at doing, and it's funny, sometimes like design makes such a big difference. Just like where you live, your room, like little details change behavior, right? Sometimes we overestimate our own power and we underestimate how much our environment is actually pushing us to the left or to the right. But I noticed this so strongly. I was living in a different Airbnb for the first two weeks when I was back in Austin. That Airbnb was on the ground floor and right next to it is a hippie hipster coffee shop that has a cool vibe in the morning. And so I would wake up and after writing down my thoughts and dreams, first thing I would do is just walk out, open the door and go across the street and order coffee. And then I would sit down in one of those tables and the people that were really good vibes, like there were usually like a bunch of people that were there every morning having coffee together. And then all kinds of people that work there or something and we sit there listen to music or listen to the inner work podcast and write down some notes and just take the first half an hour just chilling at that coffee shop yeah. now i moved to a penthouse apartment on the 36th floor that has incredible views but like the thought of having to go down the elevator walk out this building and now i'm more downtown the coffee shops that are here are just they're cool and hipster but not the kind of place i want to hang out and sit there so i walk and get a coffee but then i come back to the apartment and that alone is like 30% less quality of life and I'm in a much nicer place I'm in a place that is like very Instagram very like impressive views but in the morning I was so much happy over there in that tiny little apartment on the ground floor because the magic of opening the door it's sunshine and I walk across the street and there's like a cool vibe open air coffee shop I grab my coffee I sit down and I think and I write it was so much and now I'm like in this downtown area where there's no place that would be like comfortable to sit and to hang out and much more like skyscrapers and city, busy, dirty streets. It's like a totally different vibe. Since I've moved here, I've struggled in my morning routine because I would like to instantly after writing do my yoga. But these days I actually do my hour of yoga practice typically around 11 after I've done my morning calls, 11 or 12. And at 7 a.m., for whatever reason, I don't have it in me to do the hour of yoga. I'm just not feeling like I want to do this right now. And I'm not feeling like going out or when I go out, I go out, pick up a coffee and then I come back. And then I'm just here. And then I either go to the laptop a little too early or to my phone a little too early. I have the first 20 minutes of my morning are pretty solid. But the next 40 minutes of the first hour, I feel like leaves a lot to be desired. But I love the idea of writing in the morning, I love the idea of doing a body scan in the morning. I love the idea of doing yoga in the morning. Like I've done yoga many times for months now, first thing in the morning. And it's amazing when I do it. These days, I can't, for whatever reason, I'm just like not emotionally ready to do that. But I've also started, I don't have my phone in the bedroom that I go to sleep. But in the mornings, oftentimes I would, after writing down my dream and some thoughts, I would go to the phone and pick up and quickly check my messages. I will go through four apps and I would give each app a minute, but I would go through them. like. Twitter, Slack, email, messenger, and then I was like, good. And even that, it might take me years or months or weeks, or maybe I'll never get there, or maybe I'll get there tomorrow. But I like the idea of the first hour not having any phone interaction, not having any laptop interaction. First hour, be busy with something else, process, wake up. 
Also, the waking up process is so fucked up now. If you think about, again, like you're in a deep sleep, right? You need a transition period to go from being awake to going to sleep. And you should have a transition period from being asleep to waking up to being in fully awake mode. Like you need those transitions are really crucial. Most people are awake, 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 and then they want to flip the switch and be instantly asleep. So they're like on their laptop, checking email, on their phone, texting, watching TV, and then they want to walk into the bed, fall in and sleep. That's very activating, awake, stimulating state, and then instantly go to sleep. And then they, people have trouble with their sleep and how they sleep. Or then they are like, I haven't dreamed in 10, 20, 30 years. Like I don't dream because probably the transition period is also missing to some degree to get the kind of sleep, to be able to access the information that happens in the sleep. And I've done this a million times where I would wake up and literally I would jump out of bed, but not jump out of bed in a enthusiastic, hello, another day in paradise, but jump out of bed as if I'm like, motherfucker, let's go. I need to go. <laughs> like with that kind of aggressive, stressed, Western attitude. Motherfucker, let's go. And it's just like waking out of bed, opening laptop, putting on music, making coffee, tipping away like crazy on the thing. It's a motherfucker, what are you doing? You were hallucinating in a half comatose state <laughs> like two minutes ago. Maybe you want to jump with both feet into hyperactive action. Take some time to transition, to really awake to the day, to awake to yourself, to give space, to feel, to have insight, to process things, to make plans or have a vision for the day or think through and then go and attack the fucking day kick its ass do stuff be awake be active but like this you wake up and ask yourself 10 minutes after you've waked up or 15 minutes after you get out of bed like how indistinguishable does that state of you look like from five hours after being awake are you just like you wake up shower brush teeth coughing you're at your laptop starting to work or starting to do that's too harsh and too hasty of a kickstart into the day and it will it won't lead to optimal days. It won't lead to great insights. And you're cutting out this massive source of power of insight or regeneration, which is your sleep. You're cutting it out or you're diminishing the returns you could be getting on every minute of sleep. Think about how many hours we sleep, right? Like most people, let's say I sleep eight hours a day, but let's say even if you just sleep six or seven hours, what do you do six or seven hours in one uninterrupted block of time almost nothing not even work like you do take a million breaks from work or chit chat or message or go to the bathroom or go grab a coffee or daydream i'm with my kids at home yeah for six hours with them in present uninterrupted never thinking about work nothing we do nothing for six seven hours of uninterrupted time but we sleep let's get the biggest return out of that investment of time that sleep really regenerates rejuvenates refreshes processes us and you can only do that if you give that morning time a special place to really awaken to the day awaken to yourself process how you feel process your sleep before you get into action jackson mode what's fun like last time when we talked about one of your dreams it was also somebody coming and visiting you and you weren't yeah. exactly super happy about it it's like parts of me that i'm ashamed of that i'm not comfortable with that i'm judgmental about and they are represented in these people friend whatever and and it's, I didn't invite this to come. I didn't want this to show up here now. I have other plans. This is uh, inconveniencing me. I don't want others to see that. There's also oftentimes a, I don't want others to see, I didn't have that with a dream about that friend, but I often have that. I don't want others to see that person. It's these like unexpected, uninvited visitors that are creating, think about like how 
much stress that creates for me that is unnecessary unless you are ashamed, afraid, and worried versus when you are loving, accepting, and relaxed. Also having that attitude that they're fine, like they're going to be fine. Even if I'm hurting them, they're getting hurt through me, but it's like they're going to recover. Like I don't have to worry about these parts and I don't have to be ashamed of them. It's all good. It all comes from this place of feeling ashamed for certain sides of me or parts of me, for sure. What else is funny about dreams and also similar to like psychedelic experiences like this, sometimes you experience something there that you can't bring back to here, but there's mm -hmm. just some kind of like a shadow or an echo of it, but you really can't. And it's, you try to describe it or even clearly remember it. There's just traces left of it. Yeah. Sometimes when I get into like lucid dreaming during the day, this happens very rarely, but once in a while I'll be feeling very not awake and then I'll lay down and instantly be in like a lucid dream state. And I had this today, actually, I lay down and I instantly realized that my body needs to shut down a little bit. And I instantly went into a lucid dream state. And I know I knew important things were happening. I was at a significant place hearing something, saying something. But then the moment I opened my eyes, I just had the feeling where I, I just was really important in something, but I could not access it at all. Like I could not see the pictures clearly. I could not hear anything clearly. And you have to just make peace with that and be like, it was what it was. I was there, even if I don't remember. But yeah, I do have that too, for sure. It's so interesting to me now when I talk to people and I had this recently when I was in Utah and I talk to people and people go, oh, you have dreams? I don't have dreams. Like I never have dreams. And it's like, right. hey, it's interesting because yeah, lots of people say that. And it's interesting because purely scientific Scientifically, it's not true. Everybody has dreams. Like you not have dreams. You just don't remember your dreams. But it's so interesting because I went through it twice where I had periods of my life where I remembered my dreams every day. And I had decades before and decades in between where I didn't remember a single fucking dream. So I know both things. And to me, very clearly in my personal experience, the difference between the two is how connected you are to your subconscious. Are you meditating? Are you journaling? Are you having quiet time? How do you go? to sleep? Do you go to in a peaceful transitory way or are you falling asleep on the couch while watching television? To me, that is what then, at least for me, I think played a part in did I have dreams or not? Did I remember my dreams or not? Because at times where I'm very mindful, I started remembering all my dreams and at times where I wasn't, I just don't access any of my dreams. And so that's also a crazy fact that there's many people out there that would say they never have dreams. They just never remember any dreams. I don't think I ever had like a in my life it's also interesting in Thailand it's a different culture they have a very different relationship to dreams and they actually can get very excited even as grown-ups about their dreams and they attach a lot of meaning to it and some of it is kind of silly right and it's like people dream about something and then they go and pick a lottery number so there's that but I do like this of paying attention to your dreams yeah, I think one of the reasons why you've always had it is because you've also always been pretty mindful in some ways. Like you don't have a lot of mind, but you're full of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even as a child where you're maybe smoking a lot of weed, you're smoking a lot of weed and going to the library and reading fucking. I, during the same period, was on the couch watching television from 1 p.m. to 11 p.m. eating chocolate and snacks, not moving and going to sleep, you know, right after. And I didn't 
didn't dream or I didn't remember my dreams. You were always reading a lot, which is, I think, is a sort of meditation, a sort of have dream, have vision state, a sort of mindfulness practice. Because even if you're in a fantasy land and in this like whatever state and you're in this story and these people, it is such a quiet environment. It's such a focused environment. And it's so different from any other kind of stimulation in terms of reading on your phone, watching TV, playing video games. It's very different reading versus all that kind of shit. And I remember back in the day when we were really young and we first became friends and then you moved in with me. I remember like I would wake up with my friends hungover from the night before, starting the television, music, on our laptops, doing shit. Like instantly in that like junk world. And you were like a monk. You were waking up, going out for a walk, coming back, making your ginger tea, sitting down, <laughs> reading a book. You were just like a fucking, like, we're like, what a kind of a weirdo is this? <laughs> sitting there in the corner of the, on the floor with a handmade ginger tea and like a piece of fucking broccoli and reading a book and journaling. I was like drinking a Red Bull as the first thing within the first minute of opening my eyes and watching television uh, to yeah. start my day. Of course you had dreams and remembered them. I mean, give me a fucking break. I do um, think though you just made the strongest argument for uh, everybody should spend more time on the couch watching TV because look how we turned out. Yeah. I think that you took that very little potential you had and you maximized it. I think I probably could have been Elon Musk and it minimized true, true. what I am today. Yeah. You can't really, you don't know what the starting point was that, that got us started at this race. I mean, thinking about where I've come from, it's also nice because when you come from such a shitty place, like everything you do is like magical improvement. Some of the things that I had to work very hard to make part of my life or to let go in my past are things that people never had. To, like other people just like, they grow up with that. They never yeah. had to think even about this as a thing. It's like me bragging about having learned to take a shower and brushing my teeth. Yeah. Basically, yeah. like I had to learn to do these things mentally, emotionally. Yeah. I didn't know how to do any of this, but I sure have come a long way. Yeah? There's magic in the morning. The morning is a really powerful, beautiful time. I remember we had talked about this when I was going through the Miracle Morning. There's some book and, and online community around it. The basic thesis is wake up a lot earlier. Wake up before the sun goes up and then use that time to do all the things you never have time for. And it's not that you should sleep less. You should just go to sleep earlier and wake up earlier because at night, you're most likely are wasting your life away. You're not doing anything useful at 11 p.m. at night, anything valuable. And in the morning, you're probably going to be able to do some really important, powerful stuff before the stress and the noise of the day starts. And that premise is perfect. It's timeless wisdom. It's been around forever. He packages it up nicely in that book. But I had two children and a startup, and I was responsible for the morning hours of taking care of the kids. And my kids did not wake up in a synchronized way. One was a newborn baby, and the other one was like two years old. And so they would wake up in the range between 6.40 and 7.30, one of them. And it was a different time every day. And every time I would be awakened by a crying child, it's not a very pleasant way to start your day. Very stressful. You instantly are jumping up and running to that child so it doesn't wake up the other child and the mom. And then you have to like change diapers and feed. And I'm still like, I haven't showered or brushed my teeth. I was just awakened 30 seconds ago. Like I'm not ready to be a fully functioning parent in the kitchen doing all these things. So I was just hating my mornings. Then eventually I read that book. I thought, fuck it, I'll try it out. I really, like when I would come home after work, I was so toast, so exhausted that I would just sit there and watch fights to like midnight. It's not doing anything useful anyways. So I started going to sleep at nine or 10 and wake up at I think 5.30 and it was magic. 5.30, everybody's still asleep. And I would put on my stuff, clothes that I pre-prepared in the living room and I would walk out and there was a Starbucks 10 minutes away that was open. So just walk in the darkness to the 
Starbucks, I would grab my breakfast, sit down, and then I would read for 10 minutes. I would journal. I would make my plan for the day. I would do a little bit of email. I would do this and do that. And then I would walk back home and I would try to be at home at 6.45. And I would sit down on the couch and I would meditate until the first child wakes up. And my meditation would just stop when the first child cried. But then anytime the child cried, I was actually excited. I was like, fuck yeah, let's go. I was ready. I had brushed my teeth. I I had my breakfast. I had worked. I felt productive. I planned my day. I'd sent some important emails. I came back. I meditated. And now I would walk into that room with a big smile be like, all right, buddy, let's go. And I would just feed and do all the stuff and have real pleasure spending that time with my kid. And then I would come to work and I'd feel ahead of everybody. And I felt amazing. That was such a game changer for me, waking up ahead of my children and really getting in the morning hours. There's something powerful and beautiful because it's so quiet. It's also terrifying if you're not in the right state of mind, right? If you are living the kind of life right now where you constantly have to overshadow all your thoughts and emotions with noise, with distraction, with stimulation, you're overstimulated all the time, Mm. seven things, seven sources of stimulation has to happen. You wake up at 5 a.m., it's going to be a terrifying (laughs) experience, right? It's not going to be pleasant. You're not going to want to do it again because it's quiet in the morning. It's actually the only time that it's ever quiet. It's not quiet at night. 11 p.m., midnight, 1 a.m., it's not quiet. There's cars, there's drunk people talking, there's things happening, there's chat going on in Slack, there's people texting you, there's tweets going on, there's noise, stimulation. But at 5 a.m., you wake up, the streets are empty. You don't hear cars, you don't hear people. Everybody you know is asleep. Nobody's texting you, nobody's calling you, nobody's want anything from you. And you have the nicest environment because it's like birds are waking up and you get these, everything is coming. It's like a, a flower blossoming. But you have to be, to some degree, connected with yourself. You have to have some level of Zen in your life, some level of God, the universe, spirituality, balance, quietness. If two quiet minutes where there's nothing going on are terrifying you, the morning will be your hell, your special version of hell. 5 a.m., you wake up, you will be drowning in that darkness and quiet. Like it's not going to be a good place. But when you don't, you wake up and it's the most beautiful hours in the morning. You can think this quietness. You can start slow because nothing is moving. Everything is slow. And you can take the time to think, to train, to meditate, to read, to journal, to go on a walk, to brainstorm, to do art, to write, to work on your side business, to work on your creative project, to do the things that take energy and attention and space and time and quietness. And then you jump into emails and calls and the rustle and bustle and the daily hustle of life, doing the daily hustle of life and all that like shit, and then coming home late at night exhausted and thinking now I'm gonna meditate go to the gym read and work on my side business till midnight good luck doing that it's gonna be infinitely harder to make the late hours of the day valuable and count and useful than the early hours of the day many wise men many sages in history have been telling us this forever this wisdom has been around wake up earlier the early hours of the day are the most powerful ones it takes a little bit of discipline and it then takes a little bit of handling that quietness, right? That's not always, as I said, that can be, that can feel very lonely to people or depressing, right? If they don't have good routines, maybe if you start by going to sleep in some kind of a good routine way, and then you wake up and you try, maybe not instantly the 5 a.m. plan, but you do the 6.30 a.m. plan and you have half an hour of quietness or whatever before your day goes crazy. But to me, that was one of the biggest changes that I made when I had young children and I was a startup founder with tremendous startup stress. That, that was 
was the one change that I made that had the biggest impact on my enjoyment and my quality of life was that waking up much earlier and then loving it when my children would wake up, enjoying the hour in the morning with my children and then showing up at work feeling good, not feeling guilty, not feeling yeah. like I'm behind, feeling good. That makes such a tremendous difference. Whatever it takes basically to make sure that you fall asleep in a good state and you wake, you start the day in ways that put you in a good state. That's it. That's the game changer because in the right state of mind, everything is easy. In the right state of mind, the most difficult problems will become easy and things that would become problems will never become any and you will just be able to accomplish and execute at your maximum potential. When you're in a terrible state, the easiest and smallest things will become dramatic tragedies for you, overwhelming problems. You're going to want to scream. You want to going to cry. Everything is going to be overwhelming. Everything is going to be a struggle, right? So it's almost like in the morning hours and in the evening hours, you could go out at sea and throw some seeds in it and make sure that tomorrow when you want to go fishing, the sea will be quiet. Or when you let going at night and early in the day to the sea and throwing those seeds, it's going to be a guaranteed storm where you want to go out to fish. What would you do? Would you go, I don't have time to throw some seeds in the water. I rather almost die every day out in stormy sea trying to fish, struggle, only get a little bit fish every day, curse my destiny and my like my bad luck. No, right? You would hopefully learn to just go in the evening and the morning to the sea, throw the seeds so that tomorrow we're going to have smooth sailing. It's going to be easy peasy to catch all the fish of the day. And that's the biggest levers you have is the evening and the early morning. What do you do there? Tremendous impact on your day. And oftentimes when we are in that state where everything seems so overwhelming and we're not sleeping well and all of this, it's the, what I see at least is like most commonly also the time when we think, oh, this, I don't have time for that. Or this is not it. I'm dealing with much more important things. I just have to get this done for and There's this self-perpetuating illusion of difficulty and struggle rather than taking a step back. It's when we most struggle that we most resist doing the simple thing that would alleviate our struggle. Because we are in a struggling state. We're in a state of mind that things struggle. So when you tell me, ease, I cannot do this. My radio channel is struggle. I cannot receive ease right now. If you throw some seats and the water is going to be smooth tomorrow when you want to go fishing, I go, are you fucking nuts? I almost drowned today. I'm exhausted. I need food. I don't have to go back to the fucking sea right now and throw some fucking seeds in there. I, mean, I don't have the time for this shit. It's that sort of thing. It's the person that's trying to saw the tree and is like, I don't have time to sharpen the saw. Yeah. When we're in that state of mind, it's not that we lack the knowledge, it's that we lack the state to accept the easy solution, to do the easy thing. We go, no, I cannot. It's not possible for me right now. You don't understand how I feel. If you'd feel like me, you could not do the thing that's the solution that's so simple to you. And so we extend and expand our struggle, right? It's us. A struggle is not optional. We're all going to have to do it, but it's within us to make that struggle short or extend it and expand it to become something that for some people is their whole life. That is within our power. To me, what has helped over the years is to realize that when I'm in a bad state, the things that I know I need to do, I will not want to do and to be okay with it. And then to be okay with having mastered learning to sometimes do the thing you don't want to do. Like actually being able to do 
something you don't want to do in that moment is a superpower. Most people, we all dance around it and we all just want to wait till we feel like it to go and do it. Once I learned to do things exactly at the moment where I feel least like them, that's a pretty powerful thing to learn. And oftentimes I apply it when I'm in a terrible mood because there's a part of me that goes, oh, it's Bob. Bob is always grumpy and we cannot ask grumpy Bob for his approval before we do this thing. We're going to go, hey, grumpy Bob, do you want to go out and get some fresh air and walk and then meditate? He's definitely going to say no. We're not asking anymore. We're just like, just get him out of here. Just push myself outside. I will think to myself, just put on your shoes. It doesn't matter that you don't want it. Just put on the fucking shoes and then put on the shoes and I'll just walk out the door and I'll walk out the door and then I'm like, all right, I'm doing it. I know I don't want to. I don't feel like, but I'm just fucking doing it. And knowing that when I feel bad, I want to do bad things. I want to make all the wrong decisions. I want to eat all the wrong food. I want to watch all the wrong TV shows. I want to not do the thing I need to not do. I want to do all the avoidance strategies. That's what I want to do is I want to do all the wrong things when I'm in a wrong state. I don't want to do the right things, but if I can't find some way to trick myself to do a tiny little right thing, then I will just be stuck in this place for way too long. But it's true. When you're in that kind of a place, you don't want to do the right things. Last couple of days where I was having a difficult time going to sleep and struggling more with it, my phone told my alarm to wake me up at 6 a.m. But when I would wake up at 6, I didn't want to wake up. And I every morning I had this, my first inner dialogue was, today I cannot wake up right now. Today, no, I'm going to sleep another one or two hours. I try to go back to sleep and I just turn and turn and then I go, ah, fuck it. It doesn't matter. Now you're awake already. Let's just do this thing. But there's my first impulse in the morning would be now, like, just go back to sleep. Fuck this shit. Now I want to wake up. Anyways, all right, dude, I wish you a beautiful day. All right. Uh, Godspeed. Have a good day. Bye-bye.